0: Into myself. Hello you guys and welcome back to the Cool Mom's Club. My name is Sally and I'm your host. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode about potty training. It was very highly requested, and I really hope that it was like helpful to you. A lot of the questions that I have today are about potty training. So if you haven't listened to that episode, then I would highly suggest that because I'm sure it will answer any of your potty training questions but yeah today we're going to be answering some of your parenting dilemmas anything you need advice on anything you have questions on not that i'm a parenting expert or anything but i'm just gonna give you my two cents and share with you anything from my experience maybe i've would have come across something that you haven't come across and i can help you in that way we will see but i did an episode similar to this at the very beginning of the podcast that was advice on marriage and just like any dilemmas anything like that they that had on relationships or marriage and you guys really liked that episode and i loved listening to your questions and answering them so i thought I would do a parenting one, I mean it's only fair. I have always worked and since I got married, my husband provides for me. I always took care of the household as my husband was working, now I have a one year old and pregnant with my second, alhamdulillah, and finding myself really struggling getting things done around the house. My husband doesn't mind but also doesn't really help as he works all day, I'm behind on laundry, dishes, keep piling up and also don't really take care of myself. I feel like a slob that is lazy and I can't even blame the pregnancy as it's going really well. How do I break this negative cycle, especially when number two comes along? Would really appreciate your advice. Thanks in advance and may Allah bless you and your family. First of all, the beginning of your question, you brought up your husband a few times and how he doesn't help and all of those things. So I feel like you should assign tasks to each of you and that really helps with like first of all limiting and diminishing like resentment and feeling like oh my god my husband doesn't help my husband doesn't do this so if you just assign tasks you guys sit down together you decide what is realistic and feasible for your lifestyle for your daily routine for how much he works blah 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 like okay I get that you work all day so when you come home from work like you can do like the dishes or you put a kid um, you said you have a one-year-old you put him to bed or whatever it is that you can assign to each of you guys so it's not like a thing that you're always like have on your mind and like you have to ask your husband to help or something like some things are just his task and he Mm -hmm. knows that what he needs to do when he gets home from work I feel like that'll really take off a few things off your plate and it'll, it'll just allow you to feel like okay these things I don't have to worry about so let me do these other things you know what I mean or he can do laundry whatever like you guys discuss and feel like works for the both of you second thing is getting behind on things and how you can break that cycle so I find that just having a routine and staying on top of things every day instead of letting the dishes pile up instead of letting the laundry pile up basically don't just do something every single day like for me Every single day, I like doing the dishes is not a question. Like, no matter how much I have to do that day, the dishes need to be done. And I fill up, I empty the dishwasher in the morning, I fill it up by the end of the day, and I always turn it on before I go to bed. And that way, the dishes don't pile up. And even if the dishwasher is not like completely full, I still like to turn it on every single night because then that will just turn into like the cycle of like okay it wasn't full so i didn't turn it on then the next morning it's full so then you turn it on in the morning and then for the rest of the day you're putting off unloading it and you're like okay well they can just wait till tomorrow then you wait wait until the next day and then it's just like a cycle of like the dishes always being piled up so for me what works is turning it on every single night that way in the morning I unload it by the end of the day it's full and I turn it on and then the cycle just continues so the dishes are never really an issue for me that like something that piles up with laundry same thing having it in a routine so depending on how much laundry that you have to do for me we really don't have that much laundry so I always do a couple loads of laundry at the end of the week once the kids are like done going to school for the week and We wash the sheets, we wash the towels, we wash all the clothes, whatever else it is. So I do a couple loads. Usually it's like two to three on the weekends. And then that way, okay, all the laundry is done at one time. I put all the laundry away and I fold it all at one time. Some people find that it works for them if they have a ton of laundry. Like I know some people need to do a load every single day. So if you have a ton of laundry all the time, doing a load every single day might work better for you because then it's just like something in your routine. You do laundry every single day, you put away that load of laundry every single day and that way it doesn't pile up into like this huge massive load of laundry that you need to fold and put away because that would just be so overwhelming. So just see what works better for you. For me, I feel like doing it at one time works better. Some people do it every single day. You really just have to break down the tasks and see what makes sense in your life and when to do it and who does it. Like for me, the dishes and all of those, like I do them every single day. My husband doesn't do the dishes because that's my task. And I feel like, We need a whole episode on um splitting up tasks in a household and between partners and things like that but i find having tasks for each person works so much better than just like okay the dishes need to be done who's gonna do them and like always being like oh well like i need to do this so you do the dishes or like i need to do that like you do the dishes or i did the dishes yesterday so you have to do them today like no eliminate all those small stupid arguments just have one person who always does the dishes, that's their job. It's so much easier. That way, there's no fighting on who needs to do it. There's no fighting on who didn't do it properly the last time. There's no like arguing like, okay, well, I need to do this, you do that. You know what I mean? Just having the tasks that you know is yours. There's no arguments because it's like you're the only one that needs to do it and it's on your mental load. That's something that I feel like people don't talk about enough is like the mental load of motherhood and the mental load of running a household. Like, yes, if your husband takes out the garbage every couple days, but you're the one that needs to tell him to take out the garbage. You're the one that needs to stay on top of him to do it and remind him a hundred times. Like that mental load is still on your head. And it's like, you might as well just go out and take out the garbage. You know what I mean? Like people think that the physical act of doing a task is what's hard, but it's not. The mental load is just as hard. So, by splitting up tasks and having somebody like the garbage is your task, they're the ones that need to worry about it mentally and they're the ones that need to do it physically. Instead of you having the mental load of taking out the garbage, then he's doing the physical part of taking out the garbage. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Having the full task be yours is so much easier. In a partnership and it just eliminates so many arguments so i hope that was helpful i don't even know if that made sense or if it was like applicable to what you were even asking but honestly that's like the hardest part and just take it easy on yourself like you're saying you have a one-year-old and you're pregnant like Just do what absolutely needs to be done that day, the daily tasks. Don't be like, okay, let me just dust the top of the cabinets or like, let me wipe down the fridge. Like those things can wait for a day where you don't have much to do or a day where you have a lot of energy, but just every single day, just worry about the things that need to get done that day. Is Adam's speech delay over now? My daughter has a language delay and is undergoing therapy. What else can I do? So speech therapy and just like speech in toddlers is definitely a topic that i want to make a whole episode on so just wait for that where i will go more in depth but if you guys haven't been following me on instagram i talked a little bit about this a couple of years ago um adam had a speech delay we realized when he was like 18 months yeah so we have kind of been like on this journey since then and he's still going to speech therapy every week um I don't know if he would be considered still having a speech delay because he does speak in sentences now. He has like lots of words. Like that's not an issue for us right now. We're working more on like grammar um, and just like those kinds of things, like pronouns. I'm not really sure if he would be considered having a speech delay anymore. I don't think so, but there are still speech um, things that we're working on with him. So. Yeah, going to speech therapy is honestly the best thing that you can do. And not only taking them to speech therapy, but also learning the techniques that they teach them and work on them in speech therapy because people think that speech therapy is what's going to solve everything, but it's really not. Like, speech therapy is one hour a week. One hour a week versus all the other hours in a week is not going to make a huge difference at all, you know? If you learn the techniques and... The things that he's working on in speech therapy, that's going to help so much more because you spend way more than one hour a week with your kid. So you're basically doing speech therapy with your child if you're doing and applying those techniques and um, strategies. It'll just be so much more impactful and have such a big difference on their development and their improvements than just dropping them off at speech one hour a week and then picking them up. Like, that's not going to change anything. And it's honestly going to be a waste of your money. Be in the session with them during speech therapy. That way you can learn what the therapist is doing and what the therapist is saying and teaching them and then you can apply the same techniques and strategies at home and it'll just be so much more impactful. So that's something that I would highly recommend. And honestly, as somebody with a speech delay, the best thing that you can do is just constantly play with them, talk with them, literally just narrate and talk every single chance that you get. (laughs) I feel like I literally do not stop talking when I'm with him because of that reason. Um, And it just takes time, like speech therapy and just speech delays in general, they're not going to be fixed in, you know, like an instant. It's not just like a certain amount of sessions and they'll be all good. It's probably going to be like, you know, a few years in the making until they're at an age where the difference uh, compared to their peers is not very noticeable. So just keep doing what you're doing, attend the sessions with them see if there's any like speech accounts that you can follow and learn from them I feel like they're so helpful I first followed and took the course from Speech Sisters that one was really helpful but I feel like that's more for like younger kids like now those strategies don't really apply to Adam because our goal is not to get him to speak um, more words or longer sentences anymore he does that already our goals are like a little bit more complicated than that like pronunciation and grammar which the Speech Sisters course doesn't really touch on. It's more for like, you know, smaller toddlers who are not saying enough words or long enough sentences. So if that was your issue, then I would highly recommend the Speech Sisters courses. Um, And even if you just have a baby, I would highly recommend their baby course because it's so helpful and it teaches you so much that I feel like as new parents, you don't know and it'll just help you aid your child's like speech development. How do you not compare yourself as a mom with other moms and what they're doing with their kids? Yes, every parent is different and the way they raise their kids, but when I see other parents doing things, it's hard to think, why am I not doing that? And I feel so bad as a parent. Honestly, there really isn't like a solution for this. I feel like you really have to work on your self-confidence, yourself worth and just like the self-talk that you speak to yourself and just know that you truly are doing the best that you can for your child and just focus on the things that you are doing well like if you're somebody who plays with your kid a ton and you do pretend play all the time and all of these things but maybe you don't make them the most extravagant meals and just make them things that are like super simple and whatever then it's like okay some parents are the opposite some parents give their kids like the healthiest most extravagant like cool meals but they don't necessarily like get that on the floor and like pretend play and run around after their kids and all of those things like no parent is perfect i feel like people need to understand that like there's literally no parent that does every single thing perfectly for their child so if you do one thing that's like not the best or you could do or work better on just know that there is other things that you do really well on that other people don't do well on you know you just have to believe in yourself and if you are just feeling so down on yourself and you feel like you're not doing the best that you can in every single aspect maybe that's a good thing and there are things that you need to be working on to be better for your child i always say comparison is not always a bad thing because sometimes maybe it is what you need to like check yourself and be like okay everybody else is doing this with their child but i'm not like is am i a bad parent or is this like whatever like everybody can choose what to do to do what they want you know what i mean like with screen time you know giving your child two hours of screen time a day is that being a bad parent? No, but if you're giving your child scre- 12 hours of screen time a day, maybe you should be comparing yourself and checking yourself and being like, okay, wait, this is not what everybody else is doing. Uh, maybe this is not okay and it's not good for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I feel like you need to really dissect like what it is you're comparing yourself on and see like is this the best that you can do? Is this really harmful to them? Because I feel like now... With this day and age like we have so much information and we're told all the time like this is so bad for them this is so bad for them this is so bad for them but it's like in reality it's like okay is that really bad for them is that really that bad no you know what i mean it's like they're gonna live they're happy they're healthy that's really all that matters so if it's like little things here and there that like you feel like other people are doing better on then honestly whatever and this is really not something that somebody can help you on. I'm not going to say some magic sentence or saying or poem that's going to really like help and fix the way that you think about yourself and your parenting. This is something that has to come from the inside from you. And you have to just change your mindset or improve on some things, whatever it is. Um, it's really nothing that I can... Personally, help on. My three year old is still in diapers. We live in a house with wall to wall carpet, and I cannot take out the carpets. So, I have a dilemma on how to go about potty training. My son won't accept the potty but agrees to use the toilet. I try to remind him to tell him when he needs to go, but he doesn't. Every two hours during days off, daycare, for example, the weekend, I take him to the toilet and he pees. But when I forget to, then he just goes in his diaper. My family keeps telling my husband and I that all the kids in his age group are done potty training except my son. So I don't know what else to do. I just tell them that he will grow out, out of diapers whenever it's his time. Okay, so I feel like that's your issue right there. And this is obviously not coming from any judgment. I'm just trying to give you advice to help you, thinking that they're just gonna, he's just going to potty train himself or grow out of diapers himself is not really realistic kids are gonna do what's easier for them and what's easier for them is just peeing and pooping in their diaper because it's like why would they take the time and effort to go to the potty or tell you that they need to go so, obviously, if you're just gonna leave him on his own time, he's just gonna stay in diapers. Potty training is not easy. If you listen to my last episode about potty training, I talked all about this. Potty training is not easy, not for you and not for them. So, don't expect it to be. And if that's the reason that you're not potty training, then you need to know that. It's not hard because it's not the right time or that he's not ready or that you're not ready. It's just hard for everybody. So that's something that you need to know. Second thing, if he's developmentally um, on the right track and you know he doesn't have any developmental issues or anything, then three years old is very much a good age to potty train. If anything, it's a little bit later than the right age to potty train. I mentioned in my last video, I feel like two and a half is really a good age Where they start to understand the concept and everything like that so he will very much understand if you just push him and actually start it he will understand and get potty training two days is not enough and maybe you're not doing it as intensively as i mentioned in my last video it's really not something that you can just do gradual and like here and there like it needs to just be like a band-aid that you rip off and you start potty training and you do the whole method that i mentioned in that video and if the three days go by with you doing every single thing that i mentioned in that video and he still doesn't potty train then there might be like a different issue there but i am sure if you actually like you know get down to it and just start potty training he will understand and he will get it and then you said every two hours during days off daycare for example i take him to the toilet and he pees but when i forget to then he just goes in his diaper yeah two hours is way too long to take him to the potty if he's not potty trained yet you need to be taking him way more often like i mentioned in my potty training episode he has to be going very often at the beginning to understand the concept and the feeling Of holding himself in, letting the pee go, and just like that whole process. Two hours when he's not potty trained is way too long. He's obviously gonna be peeing his diaper before you even take him to the potty. First time mom, 27 years old, my son is one. Alhamdulillah, his father is amazing and so helpful. But I had PPR. I by the way, I didn't even know what PPR meant. I had to Google it, and I think it means postpartum rage. And now that my son is walking, his outbursts are hard to handle. I'm a strong revert from a Southern Baptist family, alhamdulillah. How did you handle Adam's time entering that toddler naughty stage? Because this kid of mine made me cry three times today before 3 p.m. Girl, I totally get you. And that's honestly probably normal. I don't know if it's normal. Maybe it's just common. It's really hard once they reach that like over one year old age where they're not just like this cute little thing that just sits there and plays with the little toys maybe crawls around maybe walks around a little bit no now they're getting into everything now they start to throw like tantrums if you say no if you take things away if they just don't get anything that they want every child goes through that stage and it is really hard at the beginning but you just have to know that this is developmentally Normal for their age, your child is not giving you a hard time. they're having a hard time. and that is like one of my number one top favorite motherhood quotes that really just like help me anytime that I'm going through a hard time with my kids is they're not giving you a hard time. they're having a hard time and basically, What that means is like they're not trying to make your life harder. They're not trying to make you miserable. They're not trying to piss you off. Nothing that they're doing is like purposeful. And it's not like something that they're like conniving and planning and like, you know what I mean? Like thinking through before they're doing This is just like their instinctual reaction to certain situations like being told no, like having something taken away, like telling them that they can't do this or that, anything like that, this is just normal. This is the way that they're developing their personalities, their own likes and dislikes, their sense of identity, their emotions. They're really experimenting with emotions at that age and they're also learning like what they can get away with. So if they have a big reaction to something, then you give them a big reaction to something. What is that teaching them? It's teaching them that the way they're acting is okay because that's the way you're acting. You know what I mean? Like if they're throwing a tantrum, then you're throwing a tantrum because they're throwing a tantrum. They're gonna know that, okay, throwing a tantrum is okay because that was her reaction to me throwing a tantrum. You know what I mean? So whenever they're throwing a tantrum, You just have to stay calm especially at that age there's really like no reasoning with them there's no telling them oh like we're not gonna do this because of this and this and this like they don't understand all of that like it's just gonna be like gibberish to them so you really just have to keep your language simple you know like if they're doing something dangerous you're gonna just be like oh no 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 like owie or whatever it is like just very simple terms for them to understand that what they're doing is not okay and that they're not allowed to do that like setting boundaries is okay i used to have a really hard time with this when adam was younger i never wanted to say no to him because i just felt bad and i just didn't want to deal with him throwing a tantrum or crying or screaming or anything like that And then quickly I learned that setting boundaries is okay and that's the only way that they're going to learn what is okay to do and what is not okay to do and it's only healthy for them for you to set boundaries. The only thing that you can control is just how you react to them throwing a tantrum or a fit or crying or screaming. So just stay calm, hold the boundary firm. If you say no to something, then that means no and try to not go back on your word. I know this is so hard to not go back on your word because sometimes I'll say no and then I'll see the reaction they have and I'm like, okay, okay, never mind, Just take it, just have it, just this. Like, you know what I mean? But no, if you say no, that means no. Hold your boundary and just stay calm. If they're crying, you can let them know. Affirm and validate their feelings. Just be like, I understand you're feeling sad because you can't play with this, but this is really dangerous. So we're not allowed to play with it we can do this instead and offer them like a different thing that they can play with. Obviously, this is not like a magic sentence that's going to fix everything and it's going to work every single time. But with practice from you and from them, they will start to understand that, okay, you said no, that means you're not going to go back on your words. So I might as well just get over it and just move on and play with something else. I would highly recommend following the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. They have So many different scenarios and solutions to things. They also have a course. I haven't taken it, but I follow their Instagram account and they share so much helpful information on there. So I would highly recommend following them, checking out their page. They have so much information in their highlights. Everything's saved. They have lots of potty training tips. They have tantrum tips. That's like the biggest thing they talk about is tantrums, big feelings, all of those. Just validating their feelings honestly works such a long way and it also teaches them to learn how to differentiate between different feelings and know what they're feeling. Like now my kids, if they're upset about something, sometimes, yes, they do throw tantrums, they do throw fits and, you know, that does happen. Okay, my kids are not perfect, I'm not perfect. But now a lot of the time when I say no to something or something breaks or something happens that's out of anybody's control and they're upset about it, instead of crying and screaming or they will cry but instead of like throwing a whole tantrum and screaming they'll be like oh like I'm so upset because this and this or I'm so sad because of this and this or I'm so angry because of this and this and then I validate their feelings I'm like yes you are you are feeling angry because of this and this but then I'll try to like either offer a solution or just comfort them because sometimes there isn't a solution to everything you just have to like take it day by day and situation by situation, but validating their feelings honestly is so good for the long term because then they start to do it on their own, like now I don't need to validate their feelings because they just tell me how they're feeling, you know what I mean? But when they're younger, they don't know what being sad or angry or mad is, so they rely on you to teach them that. On school drop off, how can I leave in the morning without being so stressed? Every morning, I'm always screaming at my kids to get in the car. Okay, same. So don't feel ashamed about that. But I feel like prepping yourself for the morning is the most useful and helpful thing. Like for me, I love picking out their outfits the day before so in the morning I don't have to worry about that that's one less thing that I have to worry about I just grab them because they're already picked out and I just get them dressed you know if you can try to do some things the night before or since you have more time at nighttime, then try to do that you can make their lunches the night before I personally don't like to do that just for me I just feel like I'd rather just make it the day of because I do have time, my kids wake up early um, enough before we have to leave. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to use all that time in the morning? So it just makes sense for me to make it in the morning. But little things like that, like anything that you can prep the night before when you have more time is really helpful. And then just know that it's not your kid's fault if you're running late or it's not your kid's fault if they don't have enough time to like, you know, slowly get dressed and put their jacket and boots on that's your responsibility. You're the adult, so you need to make sure that you have enough time to do everything that you need to do in the morning to leave on school on time and get there smoothly and not be, like, so rushed and angry and, you know, like, overwhelmed, all of those things. Like, kids are not the ones that know what time it is and (laughs) they're not the ones with the time management skills they're not the ones that you know have this big brain that can think of all the things that need to be done they're kids it's our responsibility to make sure that we have enough time to do what we need to do and that we're not late try to see where in your routine you can become more productive or honestly things that you're like okay i can do this after school drop off this doesn't need to be done right now so you can take some things off your checklist in the mornings and just make sure that you're waking up on time or so that you not have enough time to get ready and do all those things how to best convince your husband to take part in raising kids how to strike a balance so that you have some me time so this is exactly where i was saying about splitting up tasks in a household especially when you have kids in the picture it gets so much harder because t- kids need so much attention. And like when I think of like, okay, if it was just my husband and I, like we would never argue or fight about anything to do with like household um, chores or tasks because we would just have so much more time, we would have so much more freedom, and we would have so much more energy to do all those things. But once you have kids, it gets literally 10 times harder. Okay. So you really need to be splitting up tasks where, okay, this is your responsibility. This is my responsibility. Like before, if like, let's say for bedtime, okay, bedtime wasn't necessarily like my responsibility, but it wasn't necessarily my husband's responsibility. So at the end of the night, I was just doing it most of the time because it wasn't necessarily anybody's responsibility but I was taking the initiative and it's in on my mental load like okay the kids napped for this long today so that means we need to go to bed at this time so that means we need to get ready right now to start getting ready for bed and so then I would just start doing it instead of like telling my husband like oh can you get them ready for bed I would just do it because like it was on my, my mental load anyways so I was like okay well Now I'm putting them to bed every single night. So splitting up that task where it's like, okay, I put them to bed one night, then you put them down for the next night. Or you can do it where like I take them potty and get them dressed and you need to like brush their teeth and tuck them into bed and like turn off the lights and everything like that. So it's like you really need to sit down and have a discussion about it and split up the tasks where it's like okay this is your job and this is my job you know like having something in the gray area is not good because then you just end up arguing about that task all the time and this is for coming from a lot of experience because this is my mine and my husband's biggest argument all the time is about you know who's doing this who's doing that who's more tired who's you know what i mean cuz we both work we both have a lot on our plates and at the end of the night everybody's just freaking tired nobody wants to do anything okay so it's like if something is not necessarily my task i'm gonna be like okay you go and do it because i'm too tired to do it but if something i know is my task i'm gonna make time and i'm gonna leave the energy at the end of the night to be able to do it so that's honestly the biggest tip that i can give anybody that has Um, this issue especially when it comes to kids like for me it's not necessarily that I want my husband to do more for the kids because I'm just so tired and like I have enough on my plate and stuff for me it's like okay you didn't see them all day putting them down to sleep is kind of like your way of spending time with them because you haven't seen them all day so if your husband doesn't want to take care of the kids and doesn't want to spend time with them like then you need a new husband okay then that's a whole other issue it's not even just about getting you know tasks done and splitting up you know tasks that way it's about him not even wanting to do anything with the kids and that's a whole other issue then it's like okay then why are you a dad you know what i mean so sit down and have a chat about that be like okay you come home from work tired but i'm also tired from being with the kids all day so when you come home these things need to be split up 50 50 because we're both tired and we both don't want to do anything so we need to split up things 50 50 (laughs) especially if like you're saying you want some more me time that's the only way that you're gonna get it like for me if at the end of the day i'm exhausted the kids just went to bed and then i don't even have enough energy for me time like i'm literally going like to pass out and go to sleep so You need to be splitting up tasks more so that you have a little bit of energy left at the end of the night so you can sit down and watch a show if you want or do a hobby or call a friend or go out or just do like a skincare treatment or something like that. So you need to just sit down and communicate that to him. I feel like communication is always going to be the first answer to any question or dilemma that you're having about marriage or relationships talking about things is literally the best thing and the only thing really that you can do there's no like magic answer that's like okay like this is how you can get your husband to help around the house like you can trick him this way or you can do this magic trick like nothing is going to be done like that it's always going to be about communication how do i get my almost four year old to stop sucking his thumb okay so when you find out let me know because I'm in the same boat as you, Aria just turned three, and she's still sucking her thumb, and you guys, I have literally tried everything, okay, everything, when she was like a year and a little bit, I tried putting the nail biting solution on her thumb, she still sucked her thumb through that, I tried putting a glove, she would take it off, I tried t- tying her pjs she was somehow finding a way to get out of it or she was having like the worst night sleep for weeks that I just like broke down and I was like you know what just suck your thumb and then I tried again when she was a little bit older I tried um using the nail biting solution again she was still sucking her thumb I tried using a glove and she would just keep waking up at night and crying (sighs) so now I don't know what the hell to do I might need to just test it out again and see it will work. So stay tuned. If I figure it out, then I will make a podcast episode on it. But so far, I have nothing, honestly, to help you. So if anybody else has any tips or tricks, then please let me know in the comments or on my Instagram DMs. Sleeping, especially toddler sleeping. My two and a half year old girl's sleep went upside down. She's so clingy and comes to our bed every every night now. She never properly was sleeping through the night. Sometimes yes, but sometimes no. And now it's every day she wakes up after sleeping for three hours and wants me. I try to lay next to her until she falls asleep. But as soon as she gets up, she like knows I'm leaving at night and she wakes up. Okay, so Arya went through little phases like that where she was either coming into our bed every night or she was just waking up crying every night and like wants me to come, you know, cuddle her or bring her into our bed or something like that so you really just have to be consistent i'm gonna make a whole episode on sleep training because that's actually one of the most (laughs) asked questions is about sleep training so i'm gonna do a whole episode on that but for toddlers you really just have to be consistent if she keeps waking up at night and crying that she wants to come to your bed or she just gets out of her bed on her own and comes to your bed You need to be consistent in not letting her sleep in your bed and taking her back every time she gets up. It's going to be a hard few weeks where you keep putting her back in her bed and like, you know, helping her stay asleep in her bed. But it's going to be worth it and it's going to work if you're just consistent. But as soon as you're getting in the habit of letting her come into your bed and sleeping there or you're getting in the habit of laying next to her And then she's like waking up every time you leave. Then she's using you as a crutch to fall asleep. And that's the biggest thing with sleep training is the child needs to be comfortable and know how to fall asleep on their own so that they can stay asleep. It's like weaning them from like sucking their thumb or a pacifier. The reason that they have such a hard time is because they use that as like a sleep association and like a crutch, like they need that to go to sleep. You have to be consistent and eventually... She will learn to fall asleep on her own and stay asleep in her own bed. So that is it for this episode. I hope it was helpful to you guys. And don't forget to give the show a rating and review and give it a like, subscribe, comment on YouTube, and I will see you guys in my next episode on The Cool Girls Club. Bye. What a wonderful-